podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We're back for our second show of the week. We hope you are keeping safe and keeping well. Once again, thank you for downloading us during this challenging and difficult time. We are back for our second show of the week, as mentioned, as we discuss the return of the Premier League. We know Spurs have been keeping busy. They've got two back-to-back friendlies in the space of 48 hours in which Jose Mourinho will be testing out his squad ahead of Spurs returning this time next week, Friday night, against Manchester United, a massive game for the club. Our first game back since the pandemic. And I'm delighted to be joined on this show by Lee McQueen, the return of Chris Cowling, and Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Chris, want to kick the show off with you. We are reacting to the breaking news as of Thursday that Deli Alley has been handed a one-match ban by the FA, which means he will now miss Tottenham Hotspur's returning opening fixture against Manchester United. I think there's definitely a degree of fans out there, Chris, that may have felt Alley has maybe got off slightly lucky with just the one-match ban. How have you personally seen that reaction and the ban that has been given by the FA to Deli Alley? I expected a ban to come through, um, definitely. I think that um, Deli Ali's been very lucky to only get a, a one-match ban. Um, it is very disappointing that um, it is for Tottenham's huge game back um, against Manchester United. Um, and to learn this just eight days before um, the game is a huge disappointment. You know, it could have been done way, way before this. Um, but Tottenham do have more than enough quality in our squad. Um, to to you know get the three points against Manchester United and we need to go back uh, with a bang and get the three points and and move up that table. Um, but yeah, it was fully expected that the uh, the ban was going to come. Um, but I'm sure Deli Ali will be back. Um, you know, raring to go for the West Ham game and uh, you know the eight remaining games after the Man United one. He's been fined fifty thousand. He now must undertake also an education course following a breach of FA Rule E3. Just on Ali, Lee, I know you're a massive, massive fan of the player, but I think there's always been that concern with Spurs fans that maybe he does lack that sign of maturity. I think definitely over the last couple of years, we have seen Ali come on as a player and from a personal perspective. Therefore, what do you give and make of the ban from the FA to Delhi? From a player's perspective, I'm gutted um, because, uh, as Chris just said, it's a massive game. Have to get three points against Manchester United. I think we will get three points against Manchester United and, and uh, that will really set the tone. Uh, one of our own, John, on the WhatsApp group in the week said, look, that's really going to set the tone uh, for the rest of the season. And, uh, and I think it will. Um, so we have to get the three points. Uh, you know, there's no doubt Delhi on his day uh, in big matches... It, is is awesome. He's absolutely outstanding talent. But yeah, uh, off the field, he's he's got into some some strife uh, over the over the years. Um, maybe it's a lack of maturity. Maybe it's just you know joking around that end up being a bit a bit a bit wide of the mark. I mean, I think that you know I think Jamie would get into this a little bit more. But you know, with everything that's going on at the moment, with um, you know racism and trying to cut out the racism side. Um, you know, for the FA to rule that that Delhi wasn't being racist by doing what he did, I have to be honest. That's a bit of a surprise to me, to be fair, because you know, if if that you know maybe if that was a uh, um, you know uh, if that was me, for example, um, you know who's not from uh, kind of an ethnic minority doing doing that, maybe that would have been deemed as a bit more racist. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into that kind of debate on that side but I was a bit surprised I do think he's got away with one one that I'm happy that he has in a sense because you know from a playing perspective but I think that you know he's got to be able to 
learn that you know you, you can't do stuff like that and you know his statement was excellent in that he come out and you know we know that he, i'm not suggesting that delia is racist in one, one one iota he made a, a silly mistake and he shouldn't have done it but to get a one one game ban i, I would have thought that was at least a free match ban i don't know what you lads think or the listeners think but i would have thought that was still a free, uh, at least a free match ban i think on the positive side um you know yes we lose him and i and i've done this massive piece of work last week didn't i you know kind of uh, around different formations and how we're going to line up against manchester united and and delhi was obviously in my side on a 4-2-3-1 but that for me now changes the complete dynamic um it, i think you struggle to get delhi alley in a 4-3-3 um, and now he's not available. I think Jose maybe goes to a four-three-three, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But it opens up another opportunity. And also, as Chris just touched upon, he'd be raring to go for the West Ham game, which is actually only three days later. And I think that um, you know, uh, one friend of the show, Alistair Gold, reported earlier that you know we've got to take into consideration that it's not just the Man United game we're playing. We're also playing West Ham three days later, and and actually there may be some rotation needed anyway. So. Yes, he misses out against the United game, uh, you know, being stupid and being silly and, you know, sort it out, just learn from it and move on and just don't do it again. Um, but it means that he is fresh from a playing perspective for, for West Ham and that can only be a benefit to Tottenham. Jay, coming over to you, we also know that Mourinho is expected to now discover the fate of Eric Dyer, who has also, as we know, been charged by the FA after entering the crowd after that FA Cup defeat to Norwich, as we've always tried to forget. I mean... A decision on Dyrex is expected to be made in the coming days. How much does this impact Spurs' upcoming game against Manchester United? Because you would imagine Delhi would absolutely have been pivotal to the plans. Well, firstly, with Delhi, I mean, obviously, he's proved over the years that he, he, he does seem like a really genuinely nice guy. But unfortunately, that incident really was a, just a very bad judgment. Um, you know, I personally am quite disappointed that the FA have deemed that it wasn't racist because, let's be honest, had that have been any other race, and he'd met or, or a different race, it quite easily could have been deemed racist. And unfortunately, um, so I think Daily Ali's been very, very lucky in, in that sense. But look, as, as the guys have said, I think that Spurs do have enough quality in the team to go and uh, to go and beat Manchester United without Daily Ali. Um, Eric Dyer, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, for me, he's not really a player that I, I'd consider in getting into the, the starting eleven for Spurs. Certainly not against Manchester United but of course you know he offers us options and um, you know he's like, you can either play midfield or defence um, and and, and you, you, obviously there are question marks perhaps over Davinson Sanchez um, and, and whether he wants to play Jaffet Tanganga as a right back instead of Aurier so you know obviously you're missing Eric Dyer there as a potential option at centre-back so it, in that in that sense it's obviously disappointing but but for me, um, I wouldn't have had Eric Dyer in my first team anyway. So uh, I don't think that that one makes... Uh, it doesn't have too much of an impact. One, as you said, Eric Dyer. It's going to be a case of waiting to see what happens. That We do know, though, however, from the Premier League, the testing perspective, there has been one new positive case in the latest round of the coronavirus testing. The results were from the seventh round, in which 1,213 players and club test were on Monday and Tuesday. The first six rounds of COVID testing returned 13 positive and 6,261 negatives. Testing will continue later this week with the next batch of results expected to be published this coming Saturday. So keep an eye out for that. Again, obviously, the less positive tests we have, hopefully it will not impact the returning of the Premier League, which now, as we mentioned, is just a week away. But as we know, Jose Mourinho has got his players back on the turf at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as of last Friday. 
and it was Spurs' first appearance there since the FA Cup exit to Norwich, which I know, Chris, that we're all still trying to forget. What did you make, Chris, of that 11-a-side match between very two different sets of players? The two teams, to kind of give you the inkling, were we had in the home kit, Lloris, then a back four of Oria, Foyf, Vertong and Davis. Then with a midfielder, Wink, Skip, Jedson and Delhi. Then with Bergwijn and Kane leading the line. In the away kit were Vaughan, Marsh, Adeweireld, Dyer, Sessignon, White, Undumbele, Sissoko, Lucas, Lamella, Son. Anything you can take out of these internal training games, Chris? We only saw six minutes of highlights. Anything if you want to pick out at all? Well, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, Jose Mourinho has got real options and it just sounds so exciting when you just reeled all of those names off. Um, and in particular, the, you know, the, the injured players coming back now into the frame for these nine remaining games. Um, it was great to see them all back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, you know, looking like they're back home, which was, you know, great to see. And as you've just said, you know, the last um, images we had, um, and I was at the game, that Norwich... FA Cup game was so dismal. Um, you know, the Leipzig game, the Burnley game and the Norwich game, the last three competitive games Tottenham had were so bad. Um, the performances were bad. The results were bad. So it was just nice to see the, you know, the, the players back in the stadium. Um, the smile seemed to be back. And I think this is going to be now where we see the real Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. Yes, he's been our manager for six months, um, but I think that this is... You know, these nine games are going to be key to to see what we're going to be doing in the next year or two. Um, but it just gives Mourinho so many options with all of these players back. Um, it was lovely to see um, Ndombele, uh, his skill and he, him scoring. Uh, lovely to see Deli Ali scoring another header. And uh, great to see Serge Aurier um, surge, surging forward again and uh, and setting up Deli Ali for the goal. Um Great to see. I, you know, I think it's nothing but positive at the moment. Um, I think the Man United game is absolutely key at home. You know, if we win that game, it will set uh, a standard. Um, you know, where we where we need to be, and uh, and we hopefully will then get um, in that top four place and get Champions League football next season. Lee, I know you love your formations. I know you love getting into that, what we did last week. I mean, we saw both of those lineups that Mourinho put out. That there was a four-two-three-one. And a 4-3-3. It gave Mourinho plenty of yeah. opportunity there to kind of see pairings in action. We got the first glimpse of Harry Kane and Stephen Bergwijn playing together as the England captain's injury came before the Dutchman's arrival. And then likewise, we had Kane's first opportunity to play alongside Jedson Fernandes. What could you take over, Lee, from that kind of segment? It was a very short period we got to watch the highlights. But anything really stand out for you at all? I echo what Chris said. I mean, I think it's absolutely brilliant. You know, this break has come at the right time, like we said last week. You know, it can only be positive, as Chris just said, for Tottenham. You know, everybody's back fit. Uh, yeah, we've got some issues around Belly and potentially die with, with, with these bands. Um, but but ultimately, I do I agree with Chris 100%. I think this is the real Jose Mourinho side. This is really where we're going to see him earn his money. He's had a pre-season. Kane's come out at a golfing, charity golfing weekend uh, last weekend and said, it's like we've had a pre-season. Um, there's a few other players. Lucas, I think Jamie will touch on him uh, t- today, won't you, Jamie, about, about Lucas and you know, how he's feeling, how he's itching to get, get ready again. And, uh, and like you say, you know, you know, we highlighted the last five, um, six Premier League games last week and, and then you just 
bunged in the Leipzig and the Norwich FA Cup defeat as well. Uh, and actually, you know, we, we the, the week before uh, Burnley, we lost to Wolves and all. So, you know, the, the last four games really in all competitions were horrific, um, even though we played pretty well against Wolves, to be fair, like we said last week. And, and again, highlighting all the things that we we spoke about, Rick, last week on the show, not one line-up the same, different formations, different back lines, different personnel. They were the issues, absolutely issues. He won't have that now. He's got nine games to to shuffle around his pack, make sure you know we're playing a lot of games, but so is everyone else. But we've got a full squad to choose from, and I do think this is where you're going to see the, the Jose Mourinho p- p- picking the right people in the right positions in the right team. I have to say, I mean, I've given Sergio a lot of uh, um, you know a lot of uh, stick uh, to, to be fair this season, and you know I, I think I've made it perfectly clear that he wouldn't be in my first first uh, first team. I, I'd play Jaffet there as a right back. Um, but again, I do agree with Chris. It was brilliant to see him rewarding forward. Fantastic cross for Delhi to get on the end of. Um, you know, in, in, I know he's not in competitive, but that would be another assist that he's just notched up on his name. And you know, it, 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 I do think that Jose will pick him. I wouldn't, but I do think you know Jose will. So I, I think it's a um, he, he, he has that ability to be able to flex in game, and this is what I loved. Right, it's just kind of a bit of a rant here. Sorry, but. This is what I loved about Maurizio Pochino. When he first came to Tottenham in his first season, he, he was making jiggery poker the first half season, jiggery poker. And then in his second season, he started to play fluid football that would allow us to in-game change the formation. And the 4-2-3-1 at the time suited us really well because we'd have the two fullbacks, as we all know, Danny Rose and Carl Walker bombing forward, and we'd have an Eric Dyer or Wanyama, whoever was fit, who was ever playing at the time, would drop in and make a back three in game. And so you'd go from a 4 2 3 1 to a back three with a with marauding fullbacks going forward. And 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 we did that really, really well. And now I don't know if you 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 managed anybody on Twitter, and again I, I mentioned his name because he's top 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 guy, Alistair Gold. He reported on the rest of that game, um, and and actually, uh, what what they actually was doing in game is is actually flitting between a four two three one and a four three three, and that you can see that he's got that ability to be able to change that up in game, which I think is absolutely brilliant and critical in, in order for us to be able to win matches from from different positions. I think the other person that I do want to highlight, and and we did have a bit of um, conversation on social media on Twitter at Lee McQueen, by the way, get my followers up a little bit, boys, um, uh, or, or this week, is uh, is Eric Lamella. Because all, we've never seen the best of Lamella, and, you know, we can all debate it, whether he's a good player, if he's not a good player, but we all know, I don't think the debate is that he's got ability, that for sure. He put a, f- a wonderful ball through for, for Sonny to, I think Sonny hit the post, or it got pushed onto the post, uh, when he should have scored, it was a fantastic ball through from Lamella, um, and uh, and also he scored later on in that game, in that practice game, he also scored a wonderful goal. Um, so you, you look at you look at Lamella, and you look at like like Chris just said, to look at the options. I'm not saying Lamella starts, but again, skip. Jedson, Jan Vertonghen, Dyer, Winks, Ore, Lamella, Bergi, Lucas, Sessignon. I mean, that could be our bench. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you've got Delhi, Kane, Son, Lo Celso, Sissoko, Undumbele, David Sanchez, Toby, Tanganga, Loris, you know, Gazaniga. I mean, we've got options. And like I said last time, I know we're getting to transfers because you boys can't help yourselves. 
and secretly I love a transfer as well. But the reality is, for the next nine games, transfers don't make no difference. So we've got a fully fit squad. We've got the Jose Mourinho. They've been living with it, all of his coaching staff. They've been working 16 hours a day to really nail this. You know, I keep hearing and watching and seeing reports, watching videos about Sacramento and how good he is and how much attention to detail is. Start earning your money then, lads. This is the point because there's no excuses anymore. None of this, I ain't got Harry Kane or I ain't got Bergie or I ain't got Deli Alley. You have. You've got them all. This is the time to go out and, and, and get on the front foot and win. We're at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We're against Manchester United. They've been flying high. The break would have been bad for them. Good for us. Make it count, lads. Let's go get three points. Jay, also, we have to say the, the point of that inter-training friendly was the case for Mourinho where he allowed the opportunity to see you know, the, the academy products with Harry Winks, Oliver Skip, a young player that we know Mourinho's got very, very high hopes for. And someone like Skip, maybe before this enforced break... Yeah. And with the transfer, as we know, the situation now, Spurs having to borrow money, I think a player like that may very much be pivotal yeah. to his plans. But also, you know, what we did see was, while sat in a deeper role, Sissoko also in that midfield, it allowed Tungin and Bele to get forward. And then we saw a couple of different defensive pairings on the show with the balance of the experience of Jan Vertonghen with a younger defender of 1-4. And then for the home side, Mourinho was continuing to see how Alec Dyer and Toby Arreald would work as a partnership. What were the main takeaways, Jay, for you from that training friendly? Yeah. Yeah, for, for, for me, firstly, I mean, on the young players, I mean, that'd be really interesting to see kind of the opportunities that they'll get over the next couple of games. Of course, with the um, the, the five substitutes now, it'd be very interesting to see if they get more opportunities. Um, Oliver Skip's a guy that I do really like. Um, and of course, he's a holding midfielder, and, that, and that's an issue. That's the position that we really need to obviously need to strengthen in, and maybe he's the answer to that. Um, but obviously, we'll, we'll see over time. But yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, the obvious one was was Tongi and Dombele. I mean, I think that that's one thing that I really noticed. I remember watching the, I think it was the Red Star game at, um, in the Champions League this year. I think Tongi and Dombele. He was given. I think he had Sissoko alongside him, and and that allowed him to kind of get forward. And when Tongi and Dombele is is able to have that freedom and get forward. You've really seen the best of him. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that that's brilliant at all all aspects of the game. He's you know, brilliantly defensively carrying the ball forward fantastically well. Of course, seeing his passing is absolutely outstanding. So, so for me, I think that he's probably actually the one player that I'm almost most excited to see. Um, I think another one as well, as, as Lee said, the guy that I'm actually quite excited to see come back is actually Lucas. I think that he's. I think he's a guy that, that will be actually a surprise package under Rooney. I mean, it's difficult to say surprise package when he scored the um, that hat-trick in the Champions League final. So it would hardly be a, a surprise. But look, for me, I think that he will be crucial in these nine games. I mean, it's going to be about um, who's the fittest. Um, and I think that Lucas is a guy that's proved he's a fantastic athlete. I think Jose Mourinho has spoken that he really is... Uh, that he really likes him as a player. And I think there's been reports that they both get on really well. So for me, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see Lucas come back into the team. I think that for me, I think he'll be the one guy that kind of surprised everyone because I know he's kind of had a mixed, a mixed couple, a mixed year or so at Spurs. So, so for me, I'm actually really excited to looking forward to seeing him again. And then of course, Tom. James, does he get in? Jamie, does he does he get in your side? Your your starting eleven over like Bergie, for example. Um, so, so long, it's it difficult because long term, probably not because I. I'm a massive, massive fan of uh, Bergvine. I think the long term, I mean, he's going to be a fantastic player. But in these last couple of games, as I mentioned, I think it's going to come down to a lot about fitness. 
And for me, I think that Lucas strikes me as a fantastic athlete um, and a guy that will be able to give us the most minutes, that we uh, the freshest to get going. And of course, you know, Bergvine has just come back from injury. So that'll be interesting to see how, how that situation is kind of handled. But yeah, for, for me, I actually think that, that Lucas will be the guy that, that starts for Spurs. Chris, from, from your perspective, you know, both of those teams had one main attacking fullback. We had Oria for one of the sides and then Ryan Sissiong having more licence to get forward but also facing the issue of coming up against each other. How do you feel, Chris, about the potential of an Oria sessiong partnership or when you look at our fullbacks in general, what do you see as being Spurs' best possible fullback pairing to go with if I was to ask you, if Man United's tomorrow, who would you be picking? Can I actually choose my team for Man United? Uh, you can go ahead now if you want. We kind of did it last week. Yeah, rattle it off. Go for it. Well, I've gone for, for Ben Davis at left back because I, I just think that um, Sessegnon has still got a lot to learn. I think that um, he will get his chance certainly under Jose Mourinho, but I just don't uh, think it will be now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Lloris in goal, obviously. And then you've got Serge Aurier, Ben Davis, um, Toby and Sanchez at the back. Then I'm going to go for Ndombele, um, Sissoko and La Celso. Um, Hunmin Son, Steven Bergvine and Harry Kane up front. Now, that looks a fantastic team on paper. And when I have left out players like Harry Winks, Dyer, Lamella, Deli, Lucas, uh, Wan Foyf, Vertonghen, Jedson, um, Sessegnon, Tanganga, Gazaniga, Skip. This is what I mean about us now having um, depth in the squad. And, you know, that much quality um, that could be on the bench and make an impact in the game, Jose Mourinho really does now have the tools to win matches. Jose does like to have impact. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was. I think uh, it was sanctioned on Sky, maybe I referenced this a couple of weeks ago. I watched something on Jose and he likes to have an impact. He likes to be able to go... Right, I've got 20 minutes left. What have I got? What tools have I got on my bench? Have I got a Lucas or a, a, a Bergie on the bench that can come and start running that left back or that right back into the ground? Um, you know, I, I watched the rerun yesterday of the 2009 Cup final against uh, against Manchester United. And, you know, Aaron Lennon, 21 years old back then, he absolutely roasted ever the whole game. I know we lost the game right on penalties, I get that. But he roasted him and he gave him a problem. And Jose loves that ability to be able to give the opposition manager or the opposition team a problem. And, and I think what you've just highlighted there is exactly that. That's a very, very strong team to start with. Yet you've got loads of options. It's not that you've got options that you know, that, that are kind of defensive or to shore things up, although you've got them options. You've got options to go forward and attack. Lamellas and the Bergies and the Lucases, for example. You know, Jedson, we have seen a lot of Jedson. Got a couple of flicks and tricks. He's got some stuff sessing on with his pace. So there is options there. I, I do agree. I think it is... I, I, you have to be excited, don't you? Don't you? You have to, Lee. I, I think... Well, when you go back to the 16-17 season and you had... Um, you know, Danny Rose and Carl Walker, um, you know, running the place. It was absolutely fantastic. And I think that we've really missed both of them. Obviously, Carl Walker, uh, Carl Walker went off to Manchester City and Danny Rose, you know, he's declining form. Um, but Ben Davis, I think that Mourinho is a, a huge admirer of Ben Davis. And it was uh, unfortunate that he got injured in the West Ham game, which was, of course, his first game in charge of Spurs. 
Serge Aurier has his moments. You never know what you're going to get. But I think for the Man United game, I think those two fullbacks will play and have to play because I think that they are the best that we have. Um, whether we go out as a football club and, and spend any money or get any free transfers or loan players for next season in the right or left back position will be very interesting to see. What we are also seeing is the versatile Harvey White continuing to be involved in the first team as well. I know John is a massive fan of him, John, over on our Lily White Rose account, who looks a lot at these younger sure. players and their development and obviously what they can bring now. He has obviously been on loan at Leighton Orient, performing very, very well there. 26 appearances and he's a player that is known so much for his set pieces. He's got the ability that he can play in midfield, central defence and a right back. John said, didn't he? John Cedric, didn't he, in the week that he's got, he's got the best a set piece on him in mm. in the whole squad. Yep. You know, he's got a wonderful, wonderful left foot, you know, yep. and, and he's got brilliant set pieces. And again, some, uh, you know, somebody I'm also really excited about when you talk to John, he's so passionate about, you know, the academy and knows so much about it as well. And, and Chris, obviously you go to all the games, home and away, you go to the youth games and all that sort of stuff as well. You, you've probably seen Harvey White and, and like you say, Ricky's been out at the O's and, you know, he's done really well, hasn't he? So, again, it's another person. And Jamie corrected me in, in, in midweek as well to sort of say, hang on, we've got Sirkin as well that's mm. coming through the academy as a, yeah. as a left-sided left-back as well. So, I can't, you know, in, in these tough economic times, I know Chelsea, you know, m- maybe, and uh, you know, Chelsea are Chelsea, they? they're going to, you know, buck the trend. But, you know, we, we've got some really good youth players coming through, haven't we, Vic? No, we have. We have, most definitely. And I think Mourinho will have to utilise that because we know what's coming up now in terms of how Spurs are going to be impacted financially due to the coronavirus. And it's now up to him, like we've seen with Tanganga so far and with Skip, to really use what he's got in reserve to try and bring that through to the first team. And he's shown with Tanganga that he's not afraid to give players a chance. And talking of giving players a chance, Jay, or a second chance, brings us on very nicely to Tsungi Ndombele because... We've known during this enforced break that Mourinho and his coaching staff, they've been delighted by his application in recent months. And to be fair, you know, looking at him, he looks a lot leaner, sharper and brighter in the footage from that training game. Again, it's hard because we're only seeing six, seven minutes of a game, which obviously was 90. Lovely finish from Undumbele. And it'll be big high hopes for him now ahead of this Manchester United game. I think this period for him has been really, really good because it's given him that chance to try and get back to that level that he needs to be in terms of fitness-wise in the Premier League. I think that that's something that he had struggled with. I mean, of course, when you come, to, as, as we mentioned many times, when you come from the French League into the Premier League, that, um, you know, that change of intensity, um, the change of style, which really difficult to kind of adapt to that. And of course, you know, he's come here at a young age. He's got come into a team that's already underperforming and the team rates around him aren't quite as good. And of course, managerial change. So it's it's been really difficult for him. So to have that kind of period where he's able to try and get fit and try and get into the right shape is, is brilliant. And yeah, I mean, obviously that that those the footage of him, um, you know, scoring that goal was, was really promising. And you, you just hope that you know, his teammates now can kind of help him out. And we know when he's sort of given that freedom to go and do what he, go and show what he's able to go and do, he's, he's a fantastic player. And as I mentioned, he's probably the guy that I'm, I'm most excited to go and see play. Um, I'm really happy that those kind of those rumours of him leaving uh, have now completely gone. I'm sure that that was you know, rubbish anyway, because I'm, the club know, I think, I'm sure the club know, and as we've seen, you know, Jose Mourinho, wouldn't be putting all that time and effort into trying to get the best out of him if he didn't really rate him. And, and of course, you know, it does seem that they all really rate him. And it's, yeah, brilliant. I'm re- really excited to see him play. Chris, one of the things that many picked up on was that 
Ali's fine header that was provided by Ori's pinpoint cross was the defending from Tottenham for, for that goal. Again, <laughs> there was the argument that we were social distancing already there, to be honest with you. I mean, what, what's your feelings on that, Chris? Can you look too much into that when it is just a, a training match at the ground, which you would think it's there more to provide fitness than there to be genuine, real hunger competition over 90 minutes? Will you be looking into that too deeply in terms of our defending? Because to be fair, let's be honest about it, it's not been great since... Well, since, since since quite a while back, we can go back, even cut the years. It, Defending-wise, Spurs, since kind of Pochettino that last nine months and obviously beyond that, into Mourinho's reign, defensively-wise, we've always been over the place. Does that worry you? It does worry me, yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, the team I've just named, um, you know, are, are more than capable of doing a job. Um, you know, we've got a lot of players, you know, in reserve to come in as well. Um, but it's worried me all season about how we've shipped so many goals. And Jose Mourinho or Mauricio Pochettino, we've had both managers and we've we've conceded a lot of goals, you know, from the very start of this season. Um, we, we don't look to be um, concentrating at the back. You know, we, we've conceded silly goals, made silly mistakes. And that is why we are in the league position that we are in. Um, but Going back to um, Jamie's point about um, Ndombele, um, you know, his ability, there is no question at all, um, you know, about his ability, because I, I'm mentioning him because I think that he could help the team so much more and should have helped the team so much more this season. Um, you know, his ability, no one doubts that. Um, but when you see a player with so much ability and, and, and he doesn't use it enough in a game, you know, five, ten minutes of a match, um, you know, do, um, you know, great things. But the rest of the game, 80, 85 minutes, um, you know, I want to see the passion. I want to see passion from players that are wearing that shirt. And you want to see players um, trying their hardest for 90 minutes of a match. And when I looked at some of the games that he played in this season, you know, where he's waving the ball away, um, you know, he hasn't completed that many games, you know, this season. Um, you know, you want these players to help. And when they're record signings, you know, they've, they've got, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've kind of got pressure on them, you know, to do well. But when you, when you put a player of that ability in, you just want to see more. Um, but the, the, the defensive side of Spurs, Jose Mourinho has won every trophy in the land. You know, we've all said this many, many times, you know, even me and you, Rick went over that pub, um, you know, some months back and said, who do you want? if Mauricio Pochettino went and both of us turned around and said Jose Mourinho. We did, we did, yep. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't won everything he's won with poor defences. So if there's anyone who is going to sort the defence out, it will be him. Talking about defences and maybe we had to defend this guy quite a lot during his time at Spurs. Lee's already mentioned him, Eric Lamella. Lee, just want to get your thoughts just on Lamella long term if that's even possible because again we see numerous reports out there saying Lamella's kind of got nine games to save his career under Mourinho or nine games to show Mourinho why he could still be a key integral player ahead of next season the biggest issue that we see with Lamella is the lack of consistency and keeping him fit yeah. because we've seen the ability of this guy and it's one of those things that when we brought him on board even from day one of course he hasn't developed into the Gareth Bale no, there's not many players that did develop into Gareth Bale, let's be honest about no, it. Exactly, we, yeah. we had many high hopes for, for Lemela to probably go on and become more than a player that he has at Tottenham. He's had obviously some you know, some, some good moments, not great moments, but he, you can't question, I think, his, his passion and you know giving 100%. But from an ability perspective, maybe fans are left wanting more. 
Is he good enough, Lee, long-term Lamella, to be at a Tottenham team that does aspire to try and challenge the likes of the Cities and the Liverpools for the title? Do you put that down as a player that really he's found his level and at some point we are going to have to now try and move on? But we're in the middle of this pandemic and we don't know financially what Spurs are going to be able to do in the future. I think Jose will like him because he's a worker. Like He never shirks responsibility. He, he, he does... You know, people say Danny Rose gets it. You know, Lamella gets it. You know, I always go back to kind of squaring up against Jack Wilshere in the North London derby and, you know, giving it, you know, putting people on their backside and chasing things down. He's always got a yellow card in because of that. But that's that's because he's showing that effort and passion. And Chris just mentioned, you know, players playing with passion and desire. You can't fault that with Lamella. I, I do think he's got that. He doesn't he doesn't go missing in games for, for, for the lack of trying. I also think with Lamella, in terms of his quality, he has got quality. There's no doubt he has. Some of the balls that he puts through, some of the I mean, the skill that he he possesses that we uh, that we have seen in flashes. But that's the problem. We've seen it in flashes. He he hasn't really scored. Jace, one of our own, obviously very very um, uh, you know one of our own from 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 right at the beginning when he started the pod with you, Rick. You know he's always said about Lamella when he talks about um, you know has he scored in big games? Has he has he got that big goal that makes the difference and so on and so forth? And I think that's the question mark always been with Lamella. Then you put in the mixer with his injuries. I mean. It always, I always go back a couple of years when he had that injury with his leg and he couldn't even walk. Like, and I saw that video of him. Just put into context, like what we think of, of as fans, and then you actually see these players. They're human beings, and he's going through his injury. And Jamie talked passionately about this a couple of weeks back on the pod about being a professional athlete and trying to get back when you've got injury, and it's so frustrating. You imagine how he feels, like injury after injury. So I think you know when you ask the question, is he good enough? I th- it's a difficult one to go. No, he's not. But it's also difficult to go, yes, he is, because because actually we don't know. And after seven years of being at the football club, um, I spend, spent with Gareth Bale money, so six years or whatever it's been, sorry, um, after Gareth left in 2013, you'd probably go, well, look, time don't lie, does it? You know, has he ever done it? You know, he, again, I think he... People forget that he's had the best start to a season this year. It was this season that he started really well. He got goal and assist after assist after goal and influencing games. And I think it was this season that he did get a big goal. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid you're, one of you guys or the, 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 the listeners have to remind me which one it was, but he definitely got a big goal that said something this year as well. And you know, he, um, he, you know, he, he's had his moments. And again, I think it was last season when uh, season four, sorry, when he was at Wembley and he goes through one and one on the bobbly pitch at Wembley and he should have scored and he didn't score against the Man City but then he goes and gets the equaliser at Man City this season when he was in a good run of form so he's definitely got options there and I think that at the moment because of Covid because of the economy whatever and because he's our player and also because he just signed a four-year contract last year didn't he or or four-year extension to, to his contract I think that we have Lamella I think we all want him to do well um, and, and actually, he is, he is one of them players, in my opinion, that Jose looks at and goes, bench player, give me 15, 20 minutes cameo from Lamella. Um, and actually, we can we can get a real good tune out of him. And I think that that's maybe where, where he looks at. I, I just want to go quickly back, if I can, as well, and just 
address a couple of points that I agree with that Chris said before about the kind of defence and what you said, Rick, about the defence. Because in the last five games in the Premier League, we we let in 10 goals. Just in the last five games, that's two goals a game, right? For every, all you mathematicians out there, right? That's two goals a game, which is utterly ridiculous. Um, and, and we're shipping goals because we didn't have one back line the same. We didn't have one midfield the same. And we didn't have one forward line the same. We had three different formations during that entire period as well, with people being shifted left, right and centre as makeshift. And like I've just said before, um, when Chris highlighted it, all of that, all of them problems have gone now. These last nine games, we've got a fully fit squad to choose from. And, and, and actually, this is a statement from Jose to go, this is my team. This is how we're going to do things, and this is how we're going to play football, and this is how we're going to go forward. And and actually, that that back line that he chooses against Manchester United, in my opinion, is going to be key to seeing who he's going to trust for the next nine games. And and I agree, I agree with uh, um, Chris what you said about Davis. I think Davis starts, and I think that he has to get a solid back four, five defensive unit. And if you look at in history, if you look at how Jose Mourinho plays and it pains some people a lot of people it pains them to see that defensive side of things but even when he was at Real Madrid the Galacticos of Real Madrid the quality and the talent that he had at his services and the Ronaldos and the Modric's and all of amazing talent Gareth Bowles whatever that he had at Madrid he always played you front four front five you get on with it and do your job and go and score goals and go and create and go and do stuff but I'm telling you now my back four five six you stay where you are and you do not concede. And again, I've made this point time and time again, as we all have. When he first took over at Chelsea, I think they conceded 35 goals in the season before we took over the first time around when they finished second um, or third, I think it was. And then when he when he first came in with his first season, they conceded 15 goals, which I actually still think, I might be wrong here, check the record books, listeners, please. But I think that that's a Premier League record. He is built on defence. Go and have a look at the table now. Tell me who's got the best defensive record in the league. Go and tell me who it is. It's no, it's no surprise, is it? It's Liverpool. You know, the reality is, defensively, we have to be solid and he has to get that right. And, and I, think, I think he will get it right. I think he is the man to get it right. We hope he is, because yeah, we're relying on him now for these next nine games. Jay, just to bring you in, just on the team setup of that interfriendly before we move on, I have to ask you, just in terms of the the goal scored. I mean, it, was, it seems to be a very high scoring game according to Sissoko. We see, you know, Eric Lamella linking up with Son. We saw Jedson Ali both attempting to get in Kane's scoring position afterwards. But I mean. From that game, is there anything else you take away from it in terms of the way Spurs played? I know it's difficult because we only see you know a rough amount of highlights, but many were commenting just that Mourinho's squad now from the outside, we know fullback is a big issue for Tottenham. It will be you know in the next summer or two unless they yeah. are willing to spend significant money. But when you go to the midfield and the attack, Spurs have got a team there or a squad, should I say, that can really hurt the opponent. I mean, the squad is looking in fantastic shape now. I mean, particularly in the in, in attacking areas in the midfield. I mean, that depth in, in the midfield is brilliant. And of course, as, as we all know, you know, the number of attacking players we now have is, is brilliant. Um, j- just on the fullbacks, uh, really for me, I mean, it, I think over the last couple of years, that fullbacks have really started to become a, a, a big part of the modern game. Um, you know, we, we, we obviously saw the way we were under when we had Walker and, and Rose, as the guys have said. Um, and then, of course, you see, look at Liverpool and they've got Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson. And you look how key they are to their team. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold is kind of really redefining that 
that right back position. I think it was Gary Neville said, you know, not all uh, Jamie Carrigan. It, no one wants to grow up being a Gary Neville as a right back. Well, you know, I bet there's lots of kids now growing up and they want to be a Trent Alexander Arnold. And and that for me is a, is an area that's becoming really important. But we've we you know we as we've established for Spurs, it's probably our weakest area. So that has to be an area that I, I want to see Spurs go and address as much as, you know, Aurier and, and Davis are, you know, they're, they're fairly solid players. I do, I do think the Spurs need to go and uh, upgrade. I think that that has to be pretty much the priority. You know, obviously we don't know quite how much money we're going to have for transfers, but that, that for me has to be the number one area that's, that Spurs go and address. But um, yeah, in terms of the, the lineup, I think it'll be very interesting. Of course, we've got these, you know, as I'm sure we'll get into in a minute, these these two games coming up in, in on Friday and Saturday against Norwich and Reading. You know, I think that's it's brilliant that um, obviously that will give us a chance to to really field two different lineups on those on those days. So all those players will be ready to go, hopefully ready to go uh, for that game against Manchester United. Well, that is where we're going next. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we return, we will be discussing both of those upcoming friendlies and Spurs taking out that 175 million bank loan and what that means for transfers. And Chelsea, it hasn't stopped them spending. We'll be back after this very, very short break. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe. We hope you're keeping well. And thank you, as always, for downloading us on a weekly basis. Now, we know Jose Mourinho has lined up two friendly matches for Tottenham within 24 hours as we prepare for the return of the Premier League next Friday, having split the squad into two at the end of last week for an in-house training match at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs will play another game today against Norwich City. And then following that, just 24 hours later, Spurs will be playing championship side Reading as Mourinho really does start to up the match fitness ahead of the return to competitive football for the first time in three months. I think it's fair to say Jose Mourinho is doing everything in his power to make sure that the squad is as fit and as sharp as possible ahead of taking on Manchester United in that clash next Friday. And then just three days later, we play West Ham United. Now, I think something to bear in mind with the recent friendlies we've seen happening now across the domestic English league, is that United did have a friendly scheduled to play Stoke City in what was called off at the very, very last minute due to the Stoke City manager contracting the coronavirus with a positive test and therefore United are having to reschedule that friendly. And you feel with Mourinho, this period is all about him trying to make sure that Spurs are mentally and physically ready for that return that United fixture against the club for him. It's his former employer, He'll want to win. He'll want Spurs to really go back with a bang in the Premier League. So Spurs, two back-to-back friendlies in a space of just 48 hours in which he'll make sure this squad is firmly, firmly ready ahead of that Manchester United game on our return. I think one of the topics that we've seen over this last week or so that has gained some headlines and gained some traction is that Spurs have borrowed £175 million from the Bank of England to help ease the financial impact of the coronavirus. Now, Spurs, as they've admitted, they estimate they will lose £200 million in the period up until June 2021 as a result of their new stadium being unable to host matches with fans in attendance. Now, Jay, we know very well that Spurs had a number of NFL fixtures planned. We had the anti-Joshua World Heavyweight Championship boxing match against Kubrat. Pulev. We had the Lady Gaga concert along with the Guns and Roses also performing. So we're losing a lot of money. And it's before when you take into account to have to rebate broadcasters to pay after three months without mm. any Premier League action. 
And I suppose that does kind of, again, bring in the case that it's not going to be an easy period this for Tottenham, as it's not going to be for a lot of clubs out there due to the impact of COVID-19. Yeah, it is, of course. And, um, you know, I think it was quite interesting to see that Spurs, when uh, I think it was Manchester United, were the only two clubs eligible for this kind of this loan. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it works in terms of... Um, Will it give us kind of uh, wiggle room in terms of maybe in the summer? It allows us to maybe bring some players in. And now, of course, that money isn't going to go on transfers. But of course, you know, it, it allows that money to be there. And we can um, potentially have some sort of money in the, uh, in the summer. Um, so, yeah, it'll be obviously interesting to kind of see how it works. Um, as we know, you know, it's going to be a really, really difficult time for all these clubs. Um, and you, you, the, I think the one thing... For me, as much as I know lots of people aren't fans of Daniel Levy, I think that he's kind of the one man that you, that you really want in charge. I mean, obviously a fantastic businessman. And, and in this kind of current period, you know, he's the sort of man you want to be running the football club. So, um, yeah, obviously it's it's going to be a tricky period uh, for every club. But you know, I'm just very, very happy that we've got um, a guy in Daniel Levy in charge because I'm sure, you know, Spurs will kind of come out the other side OK from it. Chris, I do want to ask you, I know this is a topic that we speak about a lot. We had a laugh about beggars and transfers and what we're going to spend and what we can't <laughs> spend. But, I mean, we can't help look at Chelsea. You know, they've signed Timo Werner. They've got, obviously, Ziyech coming in. There's talk they may go for Havertz as well. I think we have to remember with Chelsea that their situation is slightly different where they had an enforced transfer ban. We voluntarily banned ourselves for two consecutive windows. And Chelsea obviously have had the opportunity now to save for 12 months, not really spend a penny. They had the opportunity in January to spend, didn't do that. And, you know, in a situation now where for them they've got money sitting there that maybe other clubs haven't had the opportunity to do so to, you know, look to have the chance of saving money to go and spend on players. Does it worry you, Chris, that Spurs may be left behind? Well, I've said many times on this show that I, I think I feel that Tottenham were left behind a couple of years ago because the likes of Liverpool went out and spent money when we should have done exactly that. And let's not forget, um, pre-COVID-19, it was heavily hinted uh, from Tottenham Hotspur Football Club that we wouldn't be spending vast amounts of money, if any, this summer. So for everyone thinking that you know, we're not spending any money because of the coronavirus, I think is uh, is false. I think that Jose Mourinho may have to sell a few of the uh, the squad players, even like Eric Lamella, like, you know, Lee spoke about earlier. You know, players like that may have to go if Jose Mourinho wants to bring in new players. And that's, like I said earlier, that a lot of these players now are playing for their future because if they're not going to fit into Mourinho's team and Mourinho's... Um, squad you know for future then they will have to go and uh, you know he will have to get the right players in and let's face it Mourinho came in you know the the board made the decision to get rid of a very very popular manager in Pochettino to bring Mourinho in to get us over that line so whatever Mourinho needs to get us over that line winning an FA Cup winning a League Cup getting us into the top four whatever it may be he must have the players that he needs. 
He does. I mean, that, that that's the key, isn't it? About, you know, having the players that he needs. And at the moment, you would feel that the squad, there's definitely an imbalance to it. We know that at fullback, Spurs desperately need to reinvest some funds in there. Or it's the opportunity to go and coach the players. We've got to be better. Can we get Sessegnon, you know, to become a left back? Is that going to happen? Can we get Uria to control the nature of him darting up the pitch 40, 50 yards? Great. Although, being honest, he's been yep. told to do that. Can I also just say that mm. a lot of the smaller clubs will struggle as well? Yeah. Um, you know, so it may mean, um, whether it's right or wrong, that Tottenham go to a club like Norwich City and get a player like Max Ahrens very, very cheaply because they need the money. So it could, um, it could actually be, you know, a, a, a good thing in that way. And then, you know, players like Sergio Aurier then, you know, go out the door because uh, we've got a, a decent replacement. But everyone's been affected by obviously COVID-19, how it's impacted yes. their business. But on the point for Spurs, where obviously they had many events coming up that were guaranteed for them money coming into club, that is obviously no longer going to be there. And obviously, as we know, Spurs in April, they reversed their decision to use the government's furlough scheme because of a backlash from the fans. As we know, they initially planned to use the system to furlough 550 non-playing staff during the coronavirus. And then we find out, obviously, that, you know, the staff would receive full pay in April and May with only the board members, including Levy, to take monetary reductions. Now with Spurs taking this loan out, which we know is not going to be at all used for transfers, does it worry you? that we might not be able to keep up with the likes of the Liverpools, the Cities, and like Chris has said there, he feels we already were left behind a couple of years ago. With a £175 million loan, sometimes um, it's about taking money uh, or borrowing money when it's very cheap. Um, and, you know, that, that might sound a bit stupid and a bit alien to a lot of people, and including part of me, to be fair. But but actually, at the, at the borrowing that they've got, it's only against Manchester United and Tottenham that have uh, been able to qualify for that level of borrowing. Um, and uh, and actually, sometimes when it's an offer, you, you take it because you don't know what's around the corner. And, and that, that's from a business perspective. I think from a... Um, from a Liverpool standpoint, you talk about you know you know not keeping up with Liverpool or so on and so forth. I thought it was very very interesting to read uh, Jurgen Klopp's comments uh, over the last couple of weeks when he came out and sort of said you know that they're in the same boat as the likes of a Tottenham Hotspur, um, even though uh, you know they they didn't sign you know namely the star signing that they made in the summer of uh, of last year after they won the Champions League final. I'll give you five seconds. Uh, exactly right. So they they didn't make one, and that that that's the point. Uh, you know that I'm going to make here. And and actually, from a Jurgen Klopp perspective, you know they've got to wash their own face. He's talked about it. A Fenway Sports Group still expect them to wash their own face, the same as a do or Joe Lewis. Roman Abramovich is a different kettle of fish. That they don't expect. Chelsea have never been expected, although they are doing brilliantly now, and they they actually set their academy up. And a lot of people sort of said. Why that? Why why on earth do they not play their people in the academy? Because actually, that's where they make their money. They re they generate revenue through their academy because they bring these players through. They got the blessed young talent. They buy them really really young. They train them, develop them, they sell them, and and that's where they get their their, their money from. So although they are essentially washing their own face nowadays, uh, a lot more than what they did when Roman Bramovich took over, they they're still not worried about having massive injections of cash from Roman, which he's still looking at doing. You made a point earlier, oh, they've signed uh, Timo Werner. They haven't, actually. Um, so it isn't factual that they've done the deal unless I've missed Sanko over the last kind of 24 hours or so. That's good as um, done, but but yeah, I see where you're coming well, from. Well, it's as yeah. good as done, but it's not, it's not factual yet. You know, who, who knows? Spurs might come in with a bigger offer, who knows? 
But uh, well, you know, I can tell you that won't happen. But <laughs> no, but again, you know, what is the knock-on effect of that? So they bring in a, a, a team of Vernon, they bring in a, a care. Uh, I can't pronounce his, his name. This other forward guy, and then all of a sudden they've Kyle got Havertz. players like Tammy Abraham, Kyle Havertz. Yeah, they're bringing uh, they're bringing them two forwards, and all of a sudden you've got hang on a minute, Tammy Abraham sitting there thinking, well, what's going to go on with me? Batcher Wise sitting there thinking, well, what's happening with me? Giroud sitting there, well, what's happening with me? So to Chris's point, you know, you talk about you know maybe we go and pick uh, you know Max Aaron's from Norwich City, but maybe we pick up some other players from from our rivals. Uh, that that actually would suit suit our world better, and also on the whole, Spurs ain't going to sign any players and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, from a from a player perspective, from a transfer perspective, I'm just going to rule these names out for you, and then I'm going to give you the cost of what these players were. Um, and this happened against the, the the same summer after we lost the Champions League final. Liverpool won the Champions League, as we all know. Liverpool signed no star player because you, none of you three or, or uh, could tell me in five seconds who they signed. But we signed Undembele, Lo Celso, Sessignon, Bergvine and Jedson. We had five players come in, which is probably to the tune of roughly about what? 200 million, something along them lines. So, so, so we look at that and uh, granted we have a self-imposed uh, transfer ban. I don't want to get into that because we've done that loads uh, on the love sports shows between all of us, but we have had that self um, transfer ban, but we did spend best part of 200 million on them five uh, names and them five individuals that I've just named. And actually Rick, you make a fantastic point when you talk about Chelsea, they did have a transfer ban and they did didn't spend anything in January and they didn't spend anything in the summer because they wasn't allowed. So actually they've got a bit of bunts or a bit of cash floating about or however it works in these, you know, the, the, the corridors of power in Chelsea, they've got some cash flow about to buy the Verners and, 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 and uh, whoever else is. So I do think that, you know, when you look at the Spurs model, whether we like it or we don't like it, that's a different debate. But when you look at the Spurs model under a Nink for the last 20 years, we have never, ever, Joe Lewis has never said, I'm going to stick in like a Roman Ivanovic. I'm going to stick in 100 million or 200 million of my own money, go and spend some, some players. He's always run the club and Daniel Levy's run the club to wash its own face. And what I mean by that is we need to make sure that we're spending the money that we can afford to spend. And, and, and that is why the 175 million loan is, is, is imperative for Tottenham. Because as you said at the top of this, this section, Rick, we have had unbelievable amounts of revenue stripped off where we would have been. And, and, and regardless, as, as Chris said, and I do tend to agree with him in terms of, you know, whether it's spent it this summer or whether it is spent it next summer, the reality is we've had all of them, you know, the NFL games, absolutely massive revenue generation has wiped the Joshua wiped the concerts that people like or they don't like whatever but it's generating revenue for the stadium and for, for our football club all been wiped out that is going to take a hit and what i run a business a very very small business compared to what we're talking about i had 90 percent of my revenue wipe off the floor when covid19 hit 90 percent just to put it into perspective if i'm earning a hundred a hundred pounds 90 of my brilliant english pounds have just gone you have to make provisions for that and you have to change. So I have sympathy, not necessarily for Daniel Levy or Joe Lewis. I have sympathy for the ball at Tottenham Hotspur being run as a business. And I also understand that things are going to have to change. But, you know, us fans demand that we need to improve and sign players. And like we've all just said, we've got a good squad enough at the moment to be able to 
hopefully challenge. I, I think we've got a good enough squad at the moment to be top four. Right, that's what I would say. And actually, if we don't finish top four, it'll be because of the the, the mess that we've had since that Champions League final. Sacking Potocino, moving people on, not planning them in positions, all the different formations that I've talked about. That is a mess. That is a spaghetti that we need to unravel. We hopefully will be able to unravel that with, with Josie. And, and all them players that we have bought, the club has spent nearly 200 million guys and listeners. So, you know, you've got to put it into perspective. It's not just, yeah, we need to spend more money. We just need to be a bit more clever. And I think... Jamie made the point a couple of weeks ago, Campo potentially linked to us. I think that would be an absolutely epic signing for Tottenham um, for, for, from a director of football perspective. And we'll have to watch this space and hopefully that might happen. But I, I think that, you know, there is tough times. Jason said it loads and loads of times on the show, isn't he, Rick? You know, the reality is that football economy is going to change and, and we'll have to see where we go. And, uh, and, and hopefully Tottenham will still be around to, uh, to be talked about in the top four, top five, top six in the next two, three seasons, because there'll be a lot of clubs that won't even be around. I'm going to count this one as a signing. Spurs have announced the appointment of Jonathan Turner as a non-executive director. And a Turner, who has over 24 years of investment banking experience, is a Tottenham fan. He joins the club's ball with immediate effect and he is part of the technological expertise that the club are set to tap into. And he, the new man is a co-founder and former co-president of Quarterlist Partners, a technology-focused investment bank where he was the lead advisor on major transactions in the consumer technology and software sectors. So already Spurs are making moves along with the loan to try and, I suppose, try and stabilise the club for what is to come because like we've mentioned there because of the financial situation the club find themselves in necessary steps have to be taken to make sure that we can survive and you know Spurs have said that regardless of that loan it's not going to impact transfers for you Chris Lee said there for him he still feels with a squad we've got top four is good enough and the question I'm going to ask do you well you've got to think Jose Mourinho has been there and done it and won, you know got the t-shirt won all the trophies what has he come to Tottenham for? He surely wants the big trophies. He surely wants the big prizes. Has he come to Tottenham to win us an FA Cup or a League Cup? Or has he come to win the big prize in the Premier League? Now, you that period of time under Pochettino, we didn't spend money for 500 days. Pre-coronavirus, like I said earlier, um, you know, it was heavily hinted that Tottenham were not going to be spending big this summer. Now, he come in six months ago, so clearly he was told by the board then of what we were going to be doing and what the future uh, was going to be um, for Spurs, you know, in the summer and beyond. When you look at the team on paper and when you look at the uh, the amount of decent substitutes that we have got as well um, in reserve, it's a very, very good squad. We've all said many, many, many times over the years, we've always been one, two, three players short of, uh, of the big prizes. Yes, we got in the Champions League final, you know, for a great run. But when you're talking about the big prize, you're talking about winning the Premier League. Realistically, if I, if I asked all of you three, um, what do we need to seriously compete um, for the Premier League title? Are we two, three players away? What does that mean? How much money does that mean that we've got to spend? When you've got someone like Jose Mourinho, who has been there and done it and won everything, you know, he, he, he surely wants to win the big prizes. He really, really does. And, and that's why when he was appointed as Tottenham manager, I was very excited. Mm, yeah. um, 
one disappoint one really big disappointment for me was the Norwich game when we lost on penalties. Um, for me, it, it seemed that he was disinterested in the game. He was moaning about um, you know all of our players being out injured, and he didn't put the best possible eleven in the team, which really surprised me because knowing Jose Mourinho, seeing him over the years, what I love about him is he he. He puts a team out to win. He always puts the best 11. And that's why I'm quite excited about for these um, nine remaining Premier League games, because I think that he will always aim to put the best possible 11 out um, and not rotate just because he has to and, and, and see it like as a pre-season. This is really huge for Spurs. We must get Champions League football next season. If not, we must get Europa League football. We must get European football at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next season. We cannot do without European football next year, and particularly because of the, the lack of income. Um, you know, we must have European football. But why has Jose Mourinho come to Tottenham? Surely he has come to win us trophies and win big prizes. Trophies are coming, Chris, aren't they? Trophies are in town. Was that in the famous two words? They, they have to. <laughs> they, they, do you know... How many times have I said it? We've not won a league title since 61. We've not won a, a European uh, trophy since 84. No FA Cup since 91. And the last trophy at Spurs, 2008 League Cup, it's far too long. And is, yeah. like I've said many, many times before, yes, I, I've criticised Mourinho, even in his short spell at Spurs, yeah. um, you know, for some of the decisions he's made. But surely he has got to be the man to deliver us trophies. We all know that Jose Mourinho probably isn't going to be a long-term appointment. I think that you know he's, he'll probably leave the squad in maybe not the best state. But for me, the best thing that Jose Mourinho can do for Spurs is get that first trophy. Because I think, as Chris, you know, as Chris has said many times, it has been too long since we've won that since we last won that trophy. And I think when you go that long, you know, you could pretty much put this for for many things in life, even. You know, when you when you haven't done something for such a while, you start to believe that you can't do it mentally. It, it becomes more difficult as the longer it gets. And for Spurs, I think under Pochettino, the one thing that we never did was get that first trophy. And I think if we'd have got that trophy, we'd have had more belief. I think we've you know we've seen how many ex players come out and said when they won that first trophy, it was easier to go and do it again because they they they'd had that experience of going and winning a final. And I think that that's something that we just missed under under Pochettino. And I think as a club in, as a whole, we we don't know how to win finals and we just don't have that belief. And I think that that is the biggest thing for me that Jose Mourinho can do, even if it is, you know, a League Cup or an FA Cup, just get into that final and ending that kind of this this long run without a trophy. I mean, you know, you, you even look at Arsenal and the way they did it. Of course, I remember they, they had a long run without an FA Cup or even a trophy. They went and won that FA Cup and then they, they won a couple more. Um, yes, as a club, Spurs, we want to be going and win a bigger trophies. But, you know, we just need that belief that we can go and do it. And I think that, you know, as I said, the best thing that Jose Mourinho can do is start that. And, um, yeah, I think that we, we really do have the perfect man because, you know, we've, we, we've seen his incredible record of winning trophies. And, uh, yeah, it'd be brilliant if you can uh, kind of do that for Spurs now. He does seem incredibly fired up, doesn't he, for this return of the Premier League? And I have to refer to that point that, you know, he's from day one of this pandemic, you know, drilled it into the players to stay ready, be focused, because he always, always believed the Premier League was going to come back. And it is. And we've got a big game to come against Manchester United next week. We'll be having a big match preview, don't you worry, before that game next Friday. We'll be squeezing in 
an additional podcast where we're hoping we'll have some kind of news in terms of a press conference. We're not too sure how that's going to be conducted with managers, if that will be over Zoom, if journalists will be allowed to go to the stadium. But we're hoping to bring you a big match preview in terms of what Spurs' probable team will be next week. We may have some news on Eric Dyer, so keep an eye out for that as we build up to the return of the Premier League. It's been a pleasure to have Chris Cowlin back on the show. Chris, thank you very much for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Cheers. No problem. Chris, also must give a, a mention, you are in this Football Content Awards. Can you just tell our listeners, I know you've been away for quite a while, how can our listeners vote for your wonderful coverage that you've done in the club over the last 12 months or so? Yes, I've been uh, nominated or shortlisted for the Best Club Content Creator on YouTube um, with all my Tottenham Hotspur content. Um, so thanks very much to everyone who voted. Um, and they could vote via Twitter or on the Football Content Awards website. Fantastic. Chris, pleasure to have you on. We'll be having you back on, thank I'm you. sure, in the near future. Lee McQueen, as always, back on our dulcet tones of air. Lee, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Oh, Beautiful. Cheers, lads. Thanks, listeners. And uh, look forward to uh, chatting all things football. Uh, it'll be, what, the next 24, 48 hours when we next uh, meet up before the big game. So come on, you Spurs. Yeah, one final penultimate. Well, this is the penultimate pod, isn't it, before the return of the Premier League. We've got that big Man United preview to come. And as always, Jay, thank you for coming back on the show. Um, I said, it is coming very, very close now, the Spurs returning. Please don't hurt us again, I think is yeah. the message. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, look, the guys have all, all made those great points about where the squad's at. It looks at a really exciting point now. Um, and yeah, just really looking forward to that Manchester United game, of course, at the, at, the, at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So that's brilliant. And yeah, just really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, guys, thank you as always for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll be back with you very soon. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.